Hey, deserving listeners, it's just me today. I thought I would respond to some patron emails. This first email is from somebody that wants me to talk about how to set your rates in private practice. But before we get into that, let's introduce the podcast. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. So how do you, how do, how are we supposed to set our rates in private practice? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about this because I not only have set my rates over the last 21 years in private practice for myself, but I've also supervised and advised many people in their careers regarding how to do that and how it matches up with marketing and how it matches up with insurance companies. And it's a complicated thing. So um, let's talk about it um, somewhat briefly here. The first thing that I want to talk about here is that a lot of people will run into a lot of pitfalls when they think about raising their rates. And I've fallen for some of these pitfalls too. In general, in my experience, therapists and counselors don't charge enough. They, they tend to really worry and fret about raising their rates to a fair rate. And the reasons for this are various. One is that a lot of therapists and counselors don't believe that they're good enough uh, to deserve a higher rate. They're like, you know, I, I, I advise or supervise a lot of people who just graduated and they're starting their private practice and they're like, oh, you know, um, someone told me to charge $100 an hour, but I don't feel like I'm worth it. Um, because the student, the recent grad, will have been working as an intern for free. In fact, a lot of times, in essence, they essentially have to pay themselves thousands of dollars in credits anyway to have an internship. And so they are not used to being paid anything, let alone anything greater than, you know, $20 an hour or something. Because a lot of these agency jobs pay about about that, like 20 to $30 an hour. And so the idea that they would charge $100 per session is really quite shocking to them. And, and they feel like, oh, no, I, I surely I'm not worth that. And the thing I always say to that is you are worth it, which I'll get into more in a second. But the thing that I always tell people is that you're highly trained, your service is highly valued, you have a wonderful service that you're providing people. I mean, I, I supervise marriage and family therapists a lot. And one of the things that they can actually do with their career is actually save a marriage, right? They can make people better parents. They can help families get along better. I mean, that's a tremendous service. It's, it's worth a lot of money, in my opinion, and other people's opinions, too. And so so what I say to people is, you're absolutely good enough to deserve the rate that you deserve. Another thing that um, therapists will say to themselves is that, well, if I raise my rates, then poor people won't be able to afford me, right? And, you know, this is a problem worth considering, for sure. Uh, we don't want to, as a profession, uh, have our service be so expensive that, uh, you know, half of the population of our community cannot afford us. That isn't fair. It participates in the marginalization of marginalized people and runs counter to everything that we stand for. On the other hand, it's not our fault that this is a problem. It's our government fault. It's our it's the voters' fault. It's the fault of the voters and the public and the politicians for not dedicating money from federal from um, from taxes 
to help pay for services for these people. For example, in Washington State, I can't take Medicaid, so I can only I can so the, as in private practice, I can only take uh, clients who are paying out of pocket or who are using their medical insurance. And that and medical insurance does and, and I can't take uh, state medical insurance, Medicaid, federal um, medical coupon kind of stuff. And therefore, the vast, vast majority of people that I so unless I do pro bono work, which I'll get into in a second, um, I can only work with people who have enough money just to give me a check. I charge one hundred and fifty right now. So, you know, just to give me a check for $150 every time we meet, or they have medical insurance that can pay for it. And people who have medical insurance, good medical insurance, are often middle class or higher class, um, socioeconomic class. So, um, so that is now, what if the government actually allowed for private practitioners to take Medicaid, which they do in some states, some communities? What if the state dedicated more tax dollars to mental health so that they could pay a higher rate, by the way, with Medicaid and make it more appealing to people like us? Um, it's it so so yes. Raising your rates will make it harder for poor people to afford your services. Um, one, that's true, and that's worth considering. So you might want to keep your rates low based on that. You want, might want to have a sliding fee scale based on that for sure. Um, but on the other hand, like I said, it's not our fault that uh, poor people can't afford our service. That's, that's the voters' fault and the government politicians' fault. The other thing is that there are many services available to people with with medical coupons that are good services. There are agencies in the area that have fine therapists work there, and um, they can they can go there. And so it's not like they they don't have access to to resources because because they often do. So there is those things. Another thing that I hear people talk about when they're worrying about raising their rates or even setting a competitive rate is that they're saying, well, you know, I'll lose clients, right? If, if I raise my rates, the, the clients who are seeing me, the, I'm a, they're all going to drop out. And yeah, that's, you know, something worth thinking about. But it's not likely to happen if you raise your rate slightly. I've never lost a client for raising my rates. I've been raising my rates, you know, steadily ever since I started 21 years ago, I started out charging $35 per session, and they were in-home sessions. So I would drive out to the house, uh, take a half-hour drive there, do an hour session, half-hour drive back, $35. So essentially, I was charging, you know, twelve fifty an hour, or no, sorry, seventeen fifty an hour. <laughs> Where's my math? Yeah. Um, and so... Now, whenever I say this to students, younger students, they're like, well, you know, that was 1997 and, you know, uh, inflation has grown quite a bit since then. And, uh, and uh, you know, yeah, sure, but not that much, you know. <laughs> it's not like I was practicing in 1915 or something, you know. It was a while ago, but uh, in fact, I should look up the exact inflation rate since then. Just a second. Okay, so it's about, looks like about 50, 60% inflation since 1997 to 2008, 2018. So my $35 session in 1997, today that would be about $55. So, so in today's dollars, it's like 
I was doing an in-home session for $55 an, uh, per session, which is, you know, pretty low. Okay, so so I so again, I've been raising my rates ever since then, and I've n- never lost a client due to raising rates. Um, but it is worth thinking about, especially if you're going to do a big rate jump. Um, now, having said all that, I actually did take issue with my therapist many years ago who raised his rates. He was charging $75 per session. This would have been in 1996, which, according to the inflation ca- calculator, is about $120 per session. So, so he was charging me $120 per session. I didn't have I, my medical insurance didn't pay for it, and so I was just paying him out of pocket while I was in graduate school, and I didn't have much money. So, he was raising his rates to, um, or no, no, no. What what did I do? I was seeing him, I was seeing him every week, and I was like, man, I can't afford, I can't afford $75 every week because that that's just too expensive for me. I think I was on a sliding fee scale for him at the time. I don't know. Anyway, I, I said I wanted to go down to every other week because I, I was like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do $300 a month, but I could do $150 a month. So how about that? And he's like, well, if, you, if we do every other week, then I'm going to have to charge you $100 a session, which according to our inflation cal- calculator is $156. So he was, you know... Essentially, in today's hours, he's charging me 120, and then he says, "Well, if you go to every other week, I have to charge you about 160." And that was upsetting to me because I was like, "Well, that's going to be why, you know, why are you raising my rate just because I'm coming here um, every other week?" And and it, um, I don't know, it just hurt my feelings. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so I have been in a situation where a therapist raised their rates on me, and it didn't feel great, and. Um, so that's another thing to think about is like how, how your clients feel about it um, if you're seeing them and you're raising your rates. Another thing you can do that I've done with people before is that if they can't afford the, the rate increase is that I'll just, keep them at, I'll just keep them at the previous rate and then every new client I'll have a higher rate. Okay, another thing that I hear people say when they're thinking about uh, you know, having a rate increase or having a good rate as a competitive rate is they, they worry that they're not going to get any clients because people won't want to hire them because they charge too much. And yeah, that's worth considering. Um, but I think there's a smart way to do it so that you're not completely pricing yourself out of the market. Also, another thing that as long as you have a reasonable price, the, the main factor in getting clients to hire you is marketing. Uh, is in it so it's it has much more to do with other elements of marketing other than your price um, although you, you know price is a consideration you know if 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 a client is given five therapists and they all look like good therapists and one of them charges half the price then you could imagine that that therapist might be considered over others so it's it's worth thinking about Another uh, thing I hear people say when they're thinking about raising their rates is that they're worried about getting greedy. They're worried about, well, geez, you know, is, is, am I just being greedy? Because, you know, I could get by at the current rate. Um, it's not that bad. And, yeah, that's, 
I guess, worth considering. I mean, dig down deep and ask yourself, are you being greedy? Are you being overly materialistic or something? It's, it's something to worth thinking about. But to me, it's, it's this really funny question that we ask ourselves that other professions rarely ask themselves. I know there are other professions that do ask themselves this, but not a lot of other professions do. You know, what, what if someone's working at a corporation like Boeing or Microsoft or Starbucks or Amazon or something, and they get an opportunity to get a promotion and get a raise? Should they be asking themselves, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't pursue that promotion because, you know, I'm just being greedy. You know, maybe, maybe someone else deserves it better than I do. It's just like, come on, you know, uh, if, if the market can bear that price, then, you know, that's what that's, you can consider, uh, that price. Um, plus the other thing is that if you charge more money, you'll presumably be able to provide more pro bono services, right? So that's another thing to think about. Or you'll feel much better about providing pro, pro bono services. So, you know, it could kind of balance itself out in that way. Another thing that I'll hear people say is that they're worried about looking greedy to other people. You know, they'll, they'll be like, you know, will people think I'm greedy for charging more? And the only thing I have to say that is, you know, don't worry about that. That's, that's, uh, that's their problem. Okay, so here are some points as to why one should consider raising your rates. One is to avoid burnout. It's a funny thing. I didn't ever realize this until it happened to me and to people I supervise, that when you're working hard and you're not being paid enough, it, it has a much bigger toll on your energy level. Then if you are still working really hard, but you're getting paid what you think you deserve or even a little more than you think you deserve then people tend to get burnt out much uh, less frequently. You know, you're working hard all week and you have this sort of, you know, you bump into this, to this difficulty and you're thinking, oh man, this job is really hard. It's really stressful, but I'm getting paid a lot of money for this. So it makes it all worth it. You know, it's, it's a thing. It's, you know, and people say, oh, you know, materialistic, you know, focused on money and, you know, perhaps it's all worth having a discourse around, but you know, let's get real here. We work because we need money and we like money. We, we work because we want to get paid and we like doing things with our money. Not only do we have bills, obviously, but we like to do fun things with our money too. And, and so we, you know, money is a good thing and it's okay to admit that. And, uh, and that's a reality that I see a lot of people going through. It happens all the time when I see people graduate, you know, prior to graduation, these interns are working for free, and then all of a sudden they are they graduate, and all of a sudden they start getting paid for their work. And even though they're not getting paid much, they're getting paid something, and all of a sudden their burnout becomes much less of a problem. And and they're in some ways the job is even more stressful because they have less support and they have to work harder, but they are getting paid something, and it just feels good. It feels it just gives you the energy that you need to get through the day when you know that you're being compensated monetarily. Uh, another thing that you should think about when you should consider um, raising your rates is that when you charge more, it gives you the opportunity to work less, which means you can have a better work-life ba balance. This, is, this happened to me. I was, uh, I don't know the exact course of events, sequence of events, but 
at a certain point, I had maybe 10 years into my uh, career, I had reached this point where I only needed to work about 25 hours a week. And I earned enough money to uh, pay my bills and live comfortably. And I could have worked, I could have, so I only had 25 clients a week. So I could have worked for, I could have had 40 clients a week, right? That would have been the standard work week. And, you know, it, it would have been fine, but I didn't need that much more money. And I didn't want to work that much because I had, I had all these other projects that I wanted to work on outside of work. For example, this podcast, I started this podcast in 2008 when that was all I was doing. I, I wasn't working at Antioch. I wasn't an, I wasn't a professor at the time. I, all I was doing was working 25 hours a week in private practice in a home office. So no commute. So I was just working 25 hours a week, sometimes 20 hours a week. And I was making a good enough living. And so it gave me enough free time to dedicate to, uh, to the podcast. And, and I never thought about it until just now that the podcast in, in essence, for the first seven years of me doing the podcast, it was a pro bono service. I mean, the podcast is many things, but one of the things that it is, is that it is a way for me to give back to the community a way for me to give back to other therapists, a way for me to give back to clients and people in general and society. It's my little way of trying to help. And for the first seven years, eight years of the podcast, I wasn't making any money. In fact, I was losing money from you know paying different kind of expenses for the podcast. And the reason why I was able to do that was because I was making enough money in my private practice and other things I was doing that allowed me to uh, pay for and and have time for this other thing that I was doing, which one could consider to be sort of a pro bono service, right? So, so that's another reason why you should consider raising your rates. You know, because some people are sitting around, they're going, "Well, I'm working 45 hours a week, and my rates are, you know, enough for me to get by." And you know, I say, "Well, what if you raised your rates by 25 percent? You could cut back on your work week by 25 percent, and you could dedicate that." Those, those hours to um, having more life satisfaction and also maybe giving back to the community somehow. Okay, so how do you set your rates? You know, that's, that's a big question. It's just like, how, where, what, what actual uh, rate should you charge? Well, let's take a break and when we get back, let's talk about that. <music> All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. Go to patreon.com. Become a patron of the podcast and get access to hundreds of patron-only episodes in which we do deep dives on various interesting topics, I think, that you might enjoy. Plus, when you become a patron, it's just really a way for me to know that you appreciate this podcast. That's, that's its main purpose. The premium content is just a perk uh, above and beyond that, but um, because as I earn more money in the podcast, I can dedicate more time to it. And actually, over time, just a peek behind the curtain, I've been able to cut back on my private practice and dedicate more time to the podcast because my time at the university is sort of fixed um, because I can't really, um, you know, I, I'm I'm basically full time there. But the time that I can take away from for the podcast is with my private practice. And so my private practice is actually pretty small now. Anyway, so how do you set your, 
your price? Well, the first thing you should do is to look at the median price in your area. You know, what, what are other therapists charging in your area? Well, then the second question is, how do you know what that is? Well, I have a study in front of me, and it provides those numbers. It's a study by Simple Practice, which is a um, software or online thing that therapists use to keep track of their clients' notes and stuff. It's a, it's a service that you pay for. I think it's like 30 bucks a month, if I'm not mistaken. And it has a bunch of uh, services for therapists, um, their record-keeping, um, other kinds of stuff. <laughs> I don't use it, but I, I have supervisees who do. Anyway, so there was a study by them. They actually uh, looked into um, all the different data that they have around the United States to figure out different rates that are happening in cities and, and states and stuff. And and this th- these data are compiled for therapists, social workers, counselors, psychologists, all the people who use their service. And what they found was very interesting. I, I was, my mind was blown by these data. I had no idea that there was such variability in the median uh, rates across different areas. And, you know, if I would, so if I was just to think intuitively about it, I'd be like, well, so the rich cities, they probably charge the most, you know, you got your San Francisco's, you got your New York's, your um, Washington, D.C., Seattle, these cities are going to have your highest rates because there are um, enough rich people to pay for it and the standard of living is higher. So therapists will charge more because their bills are higher and all this kind of stuff. And then I also thought, well, you know, the uh, lower the population, the lower the price, right? So you, you look at like North Dakota or Alaska, you know, these places probably have really low rates, right? Because the standard of living is lower and people don't want therapy so much out there. Well, it, it total, that's totally wrong. Like it's always great to like, you know, speculate. And then when you look at the data, you're just like, Oh, the world doesn't conform to my, you know, random speculations. So, so nationwide, let's just start there. So the median rate, so they, they took the median rate as opposed to the average rate because, you know, it's a, it's a more meaningful number. Because you'll have outliers, you know, people who charge $20 and people who charge $500 a session or something. So the median is the one to go for. And nationwide, the median rate for 2017 was, drumroll please, any guesses out there, $120 per session. $120 per session uh, nationwide. So this is median, which means that People, there's a bunch of people that are, you know, between 110, 130, or 100 and 140. There's a lot of people in that zone. And then you have, you know, fewer people at the edges of the bell curve, which are, you know, below 80 and above 160 or something. So, um, so median rate, 120. But... When you actually look at different states and different cities, you see a wide variety from the lowest. So just think what would be the lowest, what state would have the lowest rates? Well, the lowest rates is in Florida, which has a median rate of $70. $70. That's almost half of the median rate in the nation. 
So in Florida, the, so that's just the median. That means that some people are charging like $30 a session and other people are charging $100 a session, right? So $70 in Florida, followed by Indiana at $80, Michigan, Missouri, Ohio are $90, Louisiana, Georgia, about $100. All the way up to, drum roll please, what, what, who's number one? Just think in your mind to say, what state would have the highest median rate for uh, for counseling and therapy. What do you think? Drum roll. It is Alaska. <laughs> Alaska of all places. Number one at $160 per session. Median. That's median rate. That means that, you know, probably ranges from $120 to $200. $120 to $200. That, that's like the range in Alaska. Median rate, $160 per session. That's bizarre. Why, you know, uh, you know, because you go Florida, okay, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to make sense of that. And then you have Alaska, 160. And then you have New Jersey. And uh, there's a number that there's a number of states that have a median rate of 150. That's New Jersey, Illinois, Iowa, Hawaii, District of Columbia and Arkansas. <laughs> so again, it's like, because you know, we tend to think of our country as like, well, you got the South and then you got the Northeast and you got the West coast and you got the, the Midwest and the plains and, you know, and the Southwest, but it's like, none of this makes any sense because it's all kind of jumbled. Alaska, New Jersey, Illinois, Iowa, Hawaii, DC, and Arkansas. Like what's the similarities between those States where the median price is 150 or 160. It's strange. Then you got South Dakota, 140, Nebraska, 140, Montana, 135, Wisconsin, 130, and then you have Washington, 130. So Oregon is 120, and California is also 120. Um, the so it's it's just it's strange. It doesn't it doesn't seem to make any sense to me? Um, I'm sure people have speculations. You know, it's like well. Maybe because they're in in Montana, for example, it's at the high end because there's so few therapists there that they can charge more. But, you know, all you got to do is go, OK, well, Idaho is right next to Montana and it's and it's much less at a, at a median rate of 100. Um, you know, Kentucky, I'm guessing, doesn't isn't overflowing with therapists and it's it's at 100. You have Kansas, which is at 100 and you have Arkansas, which is at 150. It's it's just it's really strange. It I can't really figure out it at all. Um, so anyway, think about the median rate in your area. Um, also, cities are different. So even though Florida is the lowest at forty or at seventy uh, median rate, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach area is two hundred and fifty. The median rate in Miami is $250 a session. That's median. That is insane. Median. That means that, like, you know, people are ranging from $200 per session to $300 per session. And then right outside of Miami, you have median rates in the rest of Florida of $70 per session. It's just so, so weird. The highest states or the highest cities are Miami, New York, San Jose, Raleigh, Nashville, Baltimore, Philadelphia, 
Washington, D.C., Chicago, San Francisco, Cleveland, Sacramento, Buffalo, Charlotte, and then Seattle. Um, and then it goes Atlanta, Birmingham, Birmingham Hartford, Providence, uh, Virginia Beach, and then Portland. So Seattle is 15 out of, out of 50. And the lowest city is Orlando at, at 68, the Orlando Kissimmee Sanford region. Love that name, Kissimmee. Uh, pretty low there. Detroit, 75. Minneapolis, 75. So it doesn't make any sense. Minneapolis is like, I always consider Minneapolis to be like the Seattle of, you know, the the north part of the United States. When I go to Minneapolis, it just it always feels like Seattle. Like it feels like it's, the, you know, it has a similar music scene and a similar kind of uh, vibe to it. And yet it's third to last at $75 uh, per session median. Again, that means that you have people charging much lower than that. And then Seattle is almost twice as much as that at 125 Now, of course, Seattle is expensive to live in, so you think, okay, it's going to be higher. But, you know, these other cities like, um, I don't know, Baltimore, I don't think of Baltimore as being super expensive to live in compared to, like, Seattle and San Francisco. I'm sure it's not, like, super cheap, but it's not one of the, you know, people don't talk. Or Nashville, for example. Nashville is is up there too, uh, ranked number five out of the different uh, cities. Um, I mean, Nashville's a nice town for sure. It's, I, I can, when I was there, I was like, man, this is kind of fancy out here. This is a huge palatial homes and everything. But, you know, it's just, it just doesn't, doesn't have any rhyme or reason to, to it, to me. I mean, maybe, maybe this is somehow related to income. You know, I guess, I guess Miami has, a lot of super rich people. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's what this is a rec- rep- representation of. It's just like how many super rich people live in your town, you know, but like, I don't know, Charlotte is, is Charlotte known for having super rich people? Um, certainly Sacramento is starting to have a lot of rich people, San Jose, New York. Anyway, the point is, is that it, when you look, look to the data. So, when you're in whatever city you're in, now you don't have to charge the median price, right? But it will give you an idea of what your competition is, right? So, so get to know that. Um, and if you need, if I haven't read your number and you want to know what this is, um, email me. I can send you. I can send you your specific number. But um, so that's one thing is is to look at is look at the look at the median uh, rates in your area and get an idea of the lay of the land. The other thing is to ask around. Just just ask around to people you know, like how much do you charge, or how much does your therapist charge, or you know that kind of stuff. Another thing is look on Psychology Today. Psychology Today, for whatever reason, over time has become the default place for all therapists to have a registry. Whenever you're trying to find a therapist, the best database is held by Psychology Today, and they have the they have their prices listed. Um, they have their their general prices listed. I don't know how accurate that is because there's no way for psychology today to know if the people's profiles are accurate or not, but they disclose what um, they, um, they disclose a number anyway. And you can actually look in your zip code. So wherever your private practice office is going to be in a zip code, just, um, you know, type that into psychology today and look at all the therapists in your area in terms of what they're charging. And that gives you another lay of the land, right? And you can also look by experience level and by service, right? 
So if you're a psychologist that provides um, assessment services, that's you know it's going to be a higher rate than if you're a recent grad from a counseling program and you are providing CBT services. You know, so that's another thing to, to look at in terms of the, the nuances. Um, I just did it to, to just now in my own zip code and found a pretty wide variety of, of charges um, from people saying that they charge as low as $60 a session to a guy charging $150 to $250 per session, um, which was a little weird because the dude only had – he had less than one year of experience in the field, and he's charging as much as $250, which, you know, good for him if, if he can get that. And I, it made me wonder because – he looked like an old wise therapist, so that always bothered me. When I so when I was in graduate school, I, and when I graduated, I looked young. I was I was I was young. I was twenty six, and apparently I looked even younger than that. And I felt like you know I was doing a good job, and I felt like I was a good therapist. And then I had this supervisee actually, who. Well, I don't know if I was supervising him, but I he was he had less experience than I did anyway, like by a year. And he was like 60 years old and he had gray hair and he had a, you know, real kind of um good therapist face and and everyone assumed he was like super experienced and like knew all this stuff, but I knew him to be like a real noob, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was frustrating to me that um he was getting more respect just because of the way he looked. But anyway, um, another thing to think about in terms of setting your price is how much money do you need? What's the cost of living? What's your family situation? Do you have student loans? Do you need to start saving for retirement? That's another thing that private practitioners often neglect is their retirement. I I did. I can I completely neglected my retirement until I started working full time at Antioch in two thousand nine, and they. They forced me to. They have a. They have a benefit. That's a retirement fund that they give, and so that. Um, that's when my. <laughs> I start. I started my retirement when I was uh, thirty-eight years old, which you know isn't all that smart. But anyway, um, another thing to think about is where are you in your career? What, what What's your experience level? Did you recently graduate? Have you been in the field for twenty years? Um, having said that, I, this doesn't. This sort of matters on some level, but it also doesn't. You know, some people say like, well, surely I can't charge that much if I just graduated and I'm starving, starting a private practice. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, you, you're providing a wonderful service. Uh, and in some ways, your service is just as good as people who have been in, in the field for 10 years. Um, you have more energy. You're going to think about your clients more. So, you know, uh, don't short shrift yourself. Um one, a general guideline that I was thinking about as I was thinking about this episode is maybe just start at like 80% of median. So when, when you just, when you first hang your shingle, figure out the median in your area. So looking at the median figures here. So if you're in Seattle and the median is 125, then maybe set your rates at like $100, right? So you you just say it's not it's not median but it's it's close. So I I'm, I'm going to set it at $100 knowing that I'm my price is actually kind of low for the area. Um and but it also feels good to me cuz $100 I can live with. And then, you know, maybe at 5 to 10 years get it up to 
100% of median, whatever it is at the time. So in Seattle, that'd be 125, maybe a little bit more. And then after, you know, some amount of time, 5, 10, 20 years, get it up above median, right? Now you're at 150, uh, maybe you're at 160. So maybe that's a metric to follow is figure out median, match it up with your experience level, and go from there. Another uh, tactic that I've worked with supervisees on is figure out a price that is uh, conservative, that is, um, you know, not, you're not trying to bite off more than you could chew. So, so if you're in, let's look at another city here. If you're in Boston and you have a median rate of $100 per hour, uh, then, you know, maybe charge 80 $75 an hour or something when you start off. And then over time, just slowly raise it. Maybe every year you raise it $5 or $10, you know. So by, by year five, you're charging $110 an hour or something. So you're just slowly raising it. And, and every time you raise it, you just assess, you know, is this is the, is the rate too high? Are people not coming to me because they, they say I charge too much? Are some clients leaving me because they can't afford me? You know, and then if you, if it, if you take it too high, then maybe lower it. See, that's another thing that I tell people. It's like, if you raise your rates and it turns out to be a disaster, you can go back to the other rate. There's nothing saying you can't lower your rates, you know? So, um, so that's maybe another tactic. Um, some tips for raises is make sure that you put uh, that put your raises in your disclosure statement. So uh, one thing that um, some people, including me, have in their disclosure statement is something about fees, and then it, and then it says in my disclosure statement it says something along the lines of um, just so you know, every so often I raise the rate by uh, a certain percentage or a certain amount of money or something. And then, you know, you're disclosing to people, look, just so you know, be ra- you know, I raise my rates every now and then. In the same way that McDonald's raises its rates every now and then. I mean, that's one thing that, that I realized that I'm old is that when I go to McDonald's or some other place that's similar, I'm always shocked at how expensive it is. Because to me, going to a fast food restaurant, you're, it should cost you like three fifty. <laughs> I mean, I remember... In the mid '90s, I would go to Taco Bell because I didn't have any money, but I would go there for my lunch break, and I think I would get three tacos for a dollar. So I think I would buy like nine tacos, <laughs> and and uh, you know just fill myself up with terrible uh, terrible tacos. And you know, I bet you Taco Bell has a thing called terrible tacos now. That's a that's a good good name. Terrible Taco Tuesday for $2. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm old because I went to Taco Time for you local people out there today. And I think my bill was like $12 or something. And I was like, that's just for me. <laughs> like, what? How, how, did, how did things get so expensive? Maybe not 12 I don't know how much it was. Anyway, my point is, is I'm getting old. Um, so have it in your disclosure statement that uh, you, you're – you're going to occasionally raise your rates. Um, I, I find that that's mostly for your sake because your clients won't read it and they won't remember it even if they do. But 
if you commit to that statement, sometimes it'll make you actually follow it. Because I, I, if you can't tell, I advocate for people to raise their rates. Um, not because I blanketly think everyone should charge astronomical rates, but because I almost always find that therapists are undercharging for their service when they deserve more. Um, so anyway, uh, another thing to do is to plan raises in advance. So you, whenever I have a, a rate hike, I will plan it like nine months in the future. You know, I'll tell everyone, by the way, at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. And then when it happens, it feels so much better than if I just suddenly do it. You know, it's like, well, nine months ago, I decided this, so I better follow through. And also, like I said, tell your clients in advance. So um, you can tell them, you know, months in advance. It just feels better to tell people in advance anyway. Um, for me, <laughs> I started, like I said, uh, charging $35 an hour, which is in today's dollars, $55. I, I started, uh, I, had a, I had my very first client who hired me, and I was so desperate for private practice clients because I was, you know, working at an agency at the time and, and didn't want to work at an agency and was, and was, and my rate, I was getting, my wage was $13 an hour, which in our little calculator here is $20 an hour in today's dollars. So in today's dollars, I was earning $20 an hour. And I was like, uh, you know, well, okay, so if I, uh, what could I charge this client? They've hired me and I'm offering to go to their house. Uh, what could I charge? And I'm thinking, well, I get paid $20 an hour in today's dollars. Um, and well, I'll just do it in the dollars of the past because it's confusing me. But so I'm like, okay, I'm getting paid $13 an hour. Um, well, what if I just doubled that? So I think that's what I did. I was just like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll charge $35 an hour. I mean, that's not double, but you know what I mean? It's just like more. And it felt good because I'm like, I'm earning more money than I am at, at, at my agency. And so, you know, I would, it would take me, I don't know, 20 minutes to drive to the house. I do the therapy for an hour and then, and I would do the full hour. You know, I wouldn't do 50 minutes and then 20 minutes back home and, you know, 10 minutes for paperwork or something. And, and it felt good, man. Cause I was, I was like, man, $35 and you know, for, for two hours of work, it's pretty good, you know? And then, uh, very quickly, uh, another person hired me to do in-home family therapy. And I was like, Oh, 35 plus they were further out Their Their house was, um, so I lived in North Seattle and my first client lived in short or no, it wasn't Shoreline or maybe it was Shoreline. And so that's pretty close. But this client lived in Redmond, if you're familiar. And I was like, man, traffic, 520, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, I got to charge more. And then I was like, oh, how about 80? <laughs> so I went, so my first client, $35 an hour, second client, $80 an hour. So I, I had a pretty big rate hike in the span of two weeks. <laughs> now, 80 was, you know, still pretty low, I would think. If I do it in our little calculator here, it's uh, 125 in today's dollars. Huh, that's funny. It's funny when you actually look at, um, look at the uh, inflation situation. So I was actually charging median for the area for today in today's dollars. Huh, 
well, now I don't feel so foolish, but but definitely foolish because uh, I'm spending you know a lot of driving time, um, an hour of driving at least, maybe an hour and a half sometimes if there's traffic, maybe two hours sometimes, and so so I'd be having that right. So I I was really only getting forty dollars an hour in in essence. But, you know, it felt good because I'm building my private practice. I'm definitely earning more money. So even if I'm earning $40 an hour, that's way more than $13 an hour, right? So I, I felt good. But So I, I kept it at 80 for a while, but then I pretty quickly started raising it up from there. And then over time, I started um, uh, getting on insurance panels, and then I started uh, charging for driving time, and then I started saying, I don't do in-home anymore. You have to come to my office this is all over the span of like the first five years of my practice. Uh, eventually, it was $100 an hour and then $120 an hour uh, per session. It was 120 for a long time. Like I remember it being 120 for many years. I sort of got to that point and then I was like, okay, you know, it feels good. And then um, whenever the idea of me raising my rates came up, I, I just felt really bad. I felt all those things. I felt, well, am I being greedy? What if my clients hate that and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, and I just, I just never, so I felt, I fell for all those pitfalls and I never raised my rates, even though I probably should have. But then what really happened that made me really want to raise my rates was um, I uh, went to, I started working at Antioch again and full time, and I didn't have as much time for my private. So I went from full-time private practice and that's all I was doing to uh, to full time at Antioch University while having a full time practice. So, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't uh, fire a bunch of clients. I just I kept all my clients in private practice and I worked full time at the university. And my and and my um, time was extremely stretched thin. And then a year after that, I, I started my doctorate program and that and i was going full bore on that like full time on that so i basically i had and i was in a band at the time by the way and i was doing the podcast so so in addition to a being in a band that practiced once a week at least and was in a podcast um that pr recorded once a week i had a full time job at a university i was in full time school in my doctorate and i had a pretty much a full-time private practice. <laughs> it was pretty insane. And so I was like, well, what can I get rid of? I can't, I can't cut back at Antioch, right? I can't, I don't want to cut back on, on my doctorate. I, I want to go as fast as possible. So what can go? Well, the band actually went, that was one thing that I quit. Um, but a, another area was my private practice. And so I started cutting back my hours. But the other thing I did was I was like, well, I could raise my rates, you know, that'll, that might sort of discourage some people from seeing me, <laughs> you know, that uh, if I raise my rates, I might, you know, I, in my head, I was like, well, if I raise my rates and I lose a few clients, I'm not going to really cry about it because I, I'm overworked right now. Anyway, that was sort of the thing. Um, also, I, I wanted to tell myself that uh, I just, I should get paid more because the time I'm spending on all this stuff is just so precious that, I feel like I'm going to burn out if I don't get paid more for this. So I went up to 100. I, it took me a long time, it, like around two, 2013. That's when I went up to 130. And then soon after that, the similar start, things started happening. And 
I was getting real stretched for time and I was like, ugh, like this is getting rough and I really feel like I'm not sure. And I started hearing about other people charging a lot more than me. Like I started hearing about people charging 150, 170. What one of my colleagues was charging 250 and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to, so in 2016, two years ago, I went to 140. And then in 2018, this year, I went to 150, and that's where I'm at now. And I'm probably going to raise it again soon, probably to 160. Um, you know, I'm at a point now in my career where I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at my job, and I feel like I'm, I provide a pretty good service, and I, um, I'm a, you know, I, I, I'm an expert on how to do this. I teach it at a university. I train people. And if, and I just feel like if anyone's going to have a high rate, it should be me. Right. (laughs) Um, on the other hand, I don't depend on that income very much because I have other income sources. Right. So it just like on that greedy thing, I just feel like, well, you know, like, like if I really thought about it, I I probably could charge $200 a session if I wanted to, I could probably go, or even 250, I could probably go up to that. And yeah, some of my clients will drop out, but I have people who contact me all the time. And yeah, maybe some of the clients who contact me can't afford that, but you know, I only need a percentage of people who can afford it. And so, you know, I could do that and I would earn more money, you know, I'd, I'd be wealthier, but I'm pretty good right now. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's fine, 150 and then, you know, raise it every now and then every couple of years, maybe raise it 10 bucks for cost of living and inflation or something. I don't know. So, um, so that's my, that's my path. That's my journey with, with my pricing. Um, I would say that there, there was a pretty good chunk of time where I was charging 20 to $30 less than I probably should have been charging. Um, so Yeah. Uh, now, th- I should also say that in all of this, there's a whole thing about me using insurance, m- medical insurance, right? Which the medical insurance companies don't care what you charge. They they set the price for you because you're under contract if, if you're a contracted provider. And so, so for example, right now, um, the only panel I'm on is Premiera Blue Cross, and their rate is about 120. So even if I raise my rates to 160, uh, about half or more of my clients are actually using Primera. And so it doesn't matter because I could raise my rates to 160, but with Primera, it'll stay 120 because I'm under contract. So, um, which is fine with me. Um, I, I like using uh, medical insurance because clients are able to just, you know, they just have to pay their copay. And I find that that feels good to me that I'm not draining their pocketbook in the process of me doing this service. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, I find that people who are on medical insurance tend to be more long-term uh, for that reason, because it's it's not quite a, um, you know, huge uh, amount of money out of their pocket. So, you know, if, you know, you're, you're going to therapy and you write a check for $20, as opposed to you're going to therapy and you write a check for $160. You know, it's a pretty big difference. So anyway, like whenever I go to therapy, I try to use my medical insurance. Anyway, um, 
All right. So some, some final tips here on setting your price is number one, value yourself. You are valuable as a person in this world. One, two, you are valuable as a professional. You deserve it. As I always say, right? You're a highly trained professional. I am constantly telling this to novice therapists because most novice therapists drastically underestimate their worth in this world and within the profession. I think it's because, again, they have been an intern usually in their in their graduate program and they were begging for clients and like, you know, walking around like they're second class citizens and and they just don't value themselves. And and then even if they did get hired at an agency, they'd only get paid like twenty two dollars an hour anyway. And so they're just like, well, I'm I'm barely above minimum wage. That's what I'm worth. And I'm just like, ugh, no, you are one of you know you're in the top point one percent of educated individuals on this planet, and you have a highly trained technical skill. You know how to diagnose. You know how to treat people. You know how to understand mental illness. You know how to get supervision. You know what books to look in. You know how to understand statistics and research and treatment modalities and uh that you know this is a very is similar to a physician right a physician is the same thing they they're they're highly trained very valuable professionals that uh deserve to be paid on that level right um so value yourself very important uh, because until you do you probably won't charge enough that you probably will undercharge unless you want to undercharge the the whole thing here is i'm pushing people to charge more but the whole thing here is that if you want, if you're cool with like, you know what, I'm going to try in my area, you know, I live in, in Riverside, San Bernardino, uh, California, and the median rate here is $80. Uh, and you know what, I'm going to charge, I'm going to charge $50 a session because um, that's fine with me. You know, I have my 30 clients and I, pull in 3000 bucks a week. And you know, is that how it works? <laughs> 30? No, no. Uh, 1500 a week. Um, gosh, my math here. Uh, I'll just do it in Excel. <laughs> 50 times uh, $50 times times 25. No, 30 clients. Yeah, fifteen hundred a week. Okay, sort of had it right. <laughs> gosh, I used to be much better at that. I think it's because I feel embarrassed, and so it kind of slows down my math abilities. But anyway, uh, you know what? I live in San, I live in Riverside. I'm gonna charge fifty dollars a session. I know it's lower than median, but I'm I'm earning um, <laughs> I'm earning six thousand dollars a month. Uh, I'm cool with that. You know, I have a I have a little house that's not doesn't cost that much to to buy. My mortgage is pretty low. I have a sensible Toyota, and and I'm fine. You know, I, I'm good. If that's how you want to live, I commend that. That is awesome. Uh, there's no reason why you can't live that life. <laughs> um, but if you if you are keeping your prices low because you feel like you're not worth it, then I say that is unfair to you. Also, with regards to your pricing, is do your research. Like I said, you know, look up other people in your area. Look up the median. Also. Don't think about it too much. I, I, I talk with a lot of people about 
um, at the beginning of their careers, it's like, well, how do I set my price? You know, and they'll think about it for months, you know, and they'll talk about it for months and it'll be like, oh, well, sometimes I think this and sometimes I think that. And when I have a, not a supervisee like that, I'm just like, just set the goddamn price (laughs) because it doesn't actually matter that much. Um, because what I've seen people do is in my area, um, what I advise people to do is I say, just charge a hundred bucks, you know, or, or 90. If, do you feel good? You know, I'll be like, do you feel good about a hundred bucks a session? And they'll be like, yeah, that feels good. And I'll be like, then just set, set it at a hundred bucks. You know, it's, it's actually, you know, kind of averagey. It's kind of low and, um, you know, it's a good price. You're not getting shafted with that price. And they'll be like, really? And I'll be like, yeah, just set it (laughs) because, um, a lot of times, like I said, as long as you're somewhere in the ballpark of a reasonable price, the main issue is how you market yourself overall in terms of how you get clients and who you market yourself to. So, um, so dilly dallying about the price is, um, kind of, uh, silly. The other thing is, is, you know, you, you can say hundred dollars, but I have a sliding fee scale. And then when people come in, um, and they're like, I'm interested in the sliding fee scale. You can be like, okay, well, you know, you can have a conversation about that. But anyway, so so another tip to novice people is don't think about it so much because if I, I find that when you think about it too much, one, it causes a lot of stress, and two, there's a lot of unnecessary debating in your mind. And um, and I guess this is the same advice for people raising the rates. It's just like just you know. Like for me, I, I I think what I need to do to myself in terms of raising it to 160 is is just don't think about it. Just say I'm gonna, like, uh, you know. So I guess I'd be saying, okay, January one, 2019, I'm gonna raise it 160 in 116, 160, and just just do it. You know, don't think about it so much because you're you know I don't know. Just a little tip. Um, another thing to think about is your burnout level. As I said, money can fix burnout sometimes and and also, you know, because it makes you feel like you're getting actually compensated what you deserve, but also because, like I said, you can work less if you're, if you're charging more. So, you know, there's a lot of really burnt out therapists out there and, and that when you're burnt out, you are less good of a therapist and you run the risk of quitting the profession altogether. So... You're not doing anyone any favors if you're getting burnt out, and maybe raising your rates will help with that. Also, don't listen to people who say you should charge a really low fee. I've heard this before from people. They'll be like, "Oh, one of my supervisees, or one of my instructors, or you know, someone told me I should I should charge like forty dollars a session or something." And I'm just like, "No, like if you want to, but." you don't have to, you know, you're, you're worth a hundred dollars a session. You're worth $150 a session right now. So, um, so I, I've heard random rumors out there of, of advice like that. And one, I don't think it's fair to you. And two, it doesn't, it doesn't usually in my experience result in you getting any more clients. Um, that's what I did when I first started out. I was like, well, that's why I charged 35 bucks an hour when I first started out, because I was like, well, if I charge 35, then maybe I'll get more clients. And what I found was clients, if the if your price is in a certain reasonable range, a lot of people don't even think about the price usually because they're so desperate for help. They don't, they, and they don't really care. And 
they really want you. If they often, if, if they've found you through word of mouth or something like that's where your marketing comes in. So if you, if you have really great marketing and you have really good word of mouth, then people come to you and they've designated you as their person that they want to work with. And therefore price is much less of an issue, right? Um, you know, their, their deciding uh, factor is more of like, will this person fix my problem? People are people looking for therapy are rarely thinking about it in terms of how they can save money. You know, there's certain purchases that have a lot to do with that, right? Like, um, I don't know what what are what's something that's like gas prices, right? You see two gas stations, one is half the price as the other one. Well, you know, you're going to go with the one that has half the price, right? But when it comes to therapy, there, people are much less price conscious because they're much more interested in like, I need someone who is going to help me. And, um, if, and if I find someone through word of mouth or otherwise that I've designated as, as that person, I don't really care what they charge. And so, like I said, as long as it's reasonable, it, it usually works out. Okay. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Let me know what you're doing out there. Uh, what you clinicians are doing or what tips you might have. Um, I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say. Email me at contact.psychologyinseattle.com. Thanks for joining me. Please take care of yourself and charge what you deserve because you deserve it. (laughs) 